0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: So I'm very optimistic about East Asia, but that also means I'm optimistic about global economy because East Asia is in the driving seat. It has been in the driving seat for the last 30 to 40 years
0: Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. I do appreciate your listenership. And if you listen on an audio podcast such as iTunes, if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the podcast, I would really appreciate that. We've been getting more reviews and ratings and that helps more people discover the show as the algorithm will then introduce the show to new listeners on those platforms. So whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes, I would really appreciate a rating and review if this show has benefited you. Well, my guest today is my friend Giant Bendari. His website is giantbendari.com. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. You can also follow Giant on Twitter where he's active at Giant Bendari, the number five. He is a seasoned resource investor, having worked with the likes of Rick Rule and uh, for US global investors and Frank Holmes. Currently, he is in charge of uh, investing his own funds as well as advising institutions as to where would be good places to invest in the resource sector. So, Giant, welcome back onto to Mining Stock Education. You are a world traveler. You live in Asia. You're also in North America, so you have a very global perspective. I'd like to start off with getting your perspective on China. How is the Chinese economy right now, and what should we as Western investors know about it? Uh, Thanks for having me, Bill. Um, From whatever I hear about
1: China, Bill, uh, it seems that Chinese economy has mostly opened up. In fact, uh, on a normal day on the streets uh, and in most of the places, people no longer wear masks. Businesses have opened up. Factories have opened up and movement is unrestricted. Um, The only place where people have to wear the mask is in the public transportation system where people are close together in crowded areas so china did a lockdown for about 2 months it was an aggressive lockdown most of the covid 19 cases came from wuhan uh, 60% case percent of chinese cases came from that city uh, but china was not only able to control the cases very rapidly through a very strict, heavy-handed lockdown, but China has also been able to emerge out of it very successfully, it seems, at least so far, and has opened up its economy, which will have very positive, good consequences on the supply side of commodities and of the economic growth. Going forward for East Asia.
0: So, are you positive overall on the global economy and in particular China? Uh, I am not positive at all about the global economy, but I
1: am very positive about East Asia. Um, despite that, I no longer like Xi Jinping. I think he's a very heavy-handed guy. He's making a lot of mistakes, uh, but. Uh, one person cannot change the course of a 1.4 billion people society. So I'm very optimistic about East Asia, but that also means I'm optimistic about global economy because East Asia is in the driving seat. It has been in the driving seat for the last 30 to 40 years when it comes to economic growth. Uh, Western countries have uh, done, did very well in the past. But mostly in the last 20, 30 years, they have stagnated at a, a low single-figure uh, growth rate, and they will continue to grow at a low single-figure growth rate or
0: even stagnate. China as you know, I'm a U.S. citizen, so when I look back over... The economic dealings between the United States and China. I can see the United States leadership almost self-sabotaging my com- country and causing manufacturers to flee to China. Uh, President Trump and his administration has been the first administration, really, that has taken on China and is trying to bring a lot of those jobs back and, from their perspective, level the playing field. So they've been hitting China, of course, with tariffs. They're renegotiating a deal but they're at a standstill, and it seems that China would like for President Trump not to be reelected. But my question for you is if President Trump is reelected and he continues to renegotiate a more favorable position for the United States, encourages US companies to come back to the States to manufacture their products here. What impact would you see that having on the Chinese economy and consequently the global commodity market? Uh,
1: So, Bill, as far as what you said about what Trump is doing, I am completely on the side of Trump. Trump is doing perfectly the right thing in terms of his relationship with China. China has been benefiting. unfairly from Western countries cow in front of it. Obama and the earlier administrations were more than happy to do everything to please China. They created regulations to throw away manufacturing from away from the U.S. So I am on the side of the U.S. U.S. continues to be the best country on the planet. And as you know, I spend a fair bit of my time in the U.S. I absolutely love that country. However, uh, even if Trump wins, and even if Trump brings more fairness to American trade with China, the problem is that demographically and politically, uh, the U.S. is rapidly shifting towards the ra- radical left. Radical left is creating a lot of social and political problems in the U.S., and they are getting away with that because the institutions are on the side of the radical left. Uh, moreover, um, if uh, even if Trump wins... This will only be for another four months. Thereafter, you can be reasonably assured that American politics will shift towards the left. Now, when I, as an investor, invest in a company or a company invests in a a jurisdiction, it thinks medium to long term. And in the medium to long term, the American future does not look so good. I see a lot of civil, social, political problems developing in this the in the US, and maybe a fragmentation of the country, because the way the the chasm between the radical left and the right is so huge that the moment the right wing loses control of politics, it will rapidly shift to towards the radical left.
0: So with that political analysis, are there any specific trades, investments or hedging that you're doing in your own portfolio?
1: Uh, What I do is that I like to invest in East Asia that protects my money from all possible problems that I foresee. I see that East Asian economies are stable, Uh, they have virtually no social problems, they have very little political problems, and they continue to grow. They have the right moral framework that I expect from a good society. Um, so I like to invest my money in East Asia and I like to invest my money in commodities and in the mining industries where the projects are all over the world. I do valuations on them and I invest in those those companies. Uh, would I invest in the general broad market of the U.S. or uh other Western countries, uh, I don't know because I don't necessarily look at most of those companies.
0: Do you see Singapore as overtaking New York as the financial center of the world?
1: Uh, Singapore should have uh, overtaken a lot more than it has. Uh, Singapore is an extremely good plug and play economy. There is uh, very limited regulatory restrictions on people. It's a very, very safe country. Uh, In fact, there's a murder or two a year. It's, It's so safe. Uh, and everything works in that country. I arrive at the airport and I'm out of the airport in less than five minutes. So, yes, Singapore should be should have already taken over a lot of uh, the financial aspects of the world. Uh, but then again, uh, Western economies uh, have been the biggest part of the global economies. And New York is a Western city. But as the West continues to lose its control and its proportion of global GDP, uh, indeed, uh, the center of gravity of the world's economy will shift to continue to shift to East Asia
0: giant in your role as an advisor when you're talking to institutions and they're looking for your insights and advice on where to put their money in the gold sector what type of questions are they asking you it's the same thing they they want they are worried about politics uh, of the
1: western society they are worried about uh, the chaos that they see coming in the western countries particularly in the US and as a consequence in the th- in the rest of the Western world, because America provides stability around the world. Um, I certainly tell them to be more careful about the third world countries because without the US backing, the third world countries are very fragile. Uh, and uh, we uh, are, all of us are very happy with what's been happening in China recently in terms of economic growth.
0: Silver One Resources is an exploration and development company backed by strategic investors Eric Sprott and SSR Mining. At Silver One's Candelaria Mine project in Nevada, there is already a historic resource estimated at 127 million ounces of silver, which Silver One is developing and advancing. The company's Phoenix Silver project, located within the Arizona Silver Belt, is an early stage exploration project on which native silver vein fragments have been discovered near surface. One grab sample assayed an astounding 14,688 ounces per ton. Yes, that's right. Ounces, not grams. Silver One has tremendous exploration potential, is extremely leveraged to the price of silver, and is cashed up and poised to increase shareholder value. Silver One trades in New York under the ticker SLVRF and in Toronto under the ticker SVE. To learn more, go to silverone.com. That's silverone.com. You've told me in the past, based on your previous mistakes in the in the last bull cycle, that you're not seeking out leverage. You're seeking out quality, and you always analyze a company based on the spot price of gold. So now with gold at all-time highs is your analysis the same are you still using the spot price to do your due diligence on these companies uh,
1: absolutely i still continue to use the spot price so i am indeed using $2000 per ounce as uh, as the price in my valuation purposes now if i think that the gold that gold price is too high then i should be selling the gold i own in my possession uh, but for valuing companies i Uh, I use the spot price and I might use the future prices, but the future prices are not so different from the spot price.
0: And in commodity cycles, as you're you're well aware, Giant, we see these uh, manias or these extremes. And just last week, within the last week, we saw an extreme in one nickel junior, and it was related to the idea or the rumor, I should say, that appeared in a major newspaper, Newswire, that Tesla might buy Giga Metals, uh, a nickel developer, and therefore the share price went parabolic. And when that happened, we checked the financials and or the insider trading, and we could see that the chairman and the directors were unloading their shares into this parabolic spike. Uh, I am not, of course, accusing the, the directors of starting this rumor. However, it seems like they definitely did take advantage of this spike. You know, in light of what we saw, this parabolic move, and it's already beginning to come back down, you know what, what? What can you share with my listeners about some caution that they should take into this potential upcycle in gold? Uh, well, uh, Bill, it
1: makes it should make people sick about uh, how some of these leaders behave. I expect my leaders and my CEOs and people in higher positions to have honor. I want these people to go down with the ship uh, if they sell their stock when stock prices go up so much on the basis of rumor they should avoid selling if their company is going bankrupt which was the case last year with one company with project in colombia the company was going bankrupt and the ceo was selling his shares just making ten or twenty thousand dollars for what he sold now if these people don't have a spine and if they don't have honor Should I trust them with tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars? Uh, My answer is no. It is extremely important to understand the quality of management. I want honorable people. I want honest people. I want people with spines.
0: And don't you think it it may not be illegal for directors to sell into such a rumor in literally receive millions of dollars instantly, but... It could perhaps be considered unethical or de- at least poor leadership, right? Because they know more than anybody whether they're in talks with Tesla or not, but they're the one selling.
1: Well, the same chairman that the com- of the company that you mentioned last year sold a company to another company, which was his prior employer, and he made tens of millions of dollars off that sale, despite the fact that the company that he sold had lost a huge amount amount of value so he destroyed value and still got away with tens of millions of dollars now you know bill i don't even know what people do with those tens of millions of dollars uh, what is what is this greediness uh, if a poor person steals a loaf of bread uh, I don't. I don't find it the right thing to do. But he has at least a reason to steal a loaf of bread. Uh, but people who are who have tens of millions of dollars, if they do these, what I and you consider to be unethical, it's really disgusting and sickening.
0: And giant, you you have a good network that you've developed over the years. When you're approached by a management team that's asking you maybe to invest in a pre-IPO deal or an early stage deal, maybe post IPO, and you have no idea who they are, uh, you read their bios, but you you don't know how to verify if what they're saying is actually true. And then you ask people in your network about them and nobody really knows who they are. Do you just completely avoid or how, how do you approach it, move forward in such a situation? Uh, I will
1: completely avoid them. I uh, It's uh, as Buffett would say, when you invest uh, Even a small amount of money in a company, you should invest only if you think you would happily own the whole of the company if you had that kind of cash. Uh, And if I don't know the people involved, uh, how can I buy that company? How can I make them my employees? Uh, The management of the company is my employees. Uh, So I should understand the quality of the management before I invest in those companies. Otherwise, I simply avoid them.
0: What arbitrage opportunities are out there? You are the king of arbitrage opportunities that you ge- generously sw- uh, share this knowledge with the public. Are there any good arbitrages out there in the junior mining sector?
1: Two companies that uh, I might want to mention, uh, Bill. One is that uh, East Maine is being acquired by Orin Resources. Uh, East Maine is trading for about 23 cents. And now the deal is very complicated But if you do the numbers, there is uh, at least a 30% upside in owning East Main, uh, and the ticker is ER. Um, So that's – and it's a decent project, and I think uh, the management of Oren Resources, which will eventually take over the merged entity, is uh, good at giving visibility of their projects to – in the market, and they are good at raising money. So I think it's – it will actually – improve the value of the merged entity. Uh, And there's an arbitrage upside as well. Uh, The other company that I like for arbitrage is a company called Revello Resources. The ticker is RVL. It's trading at around 21 cents. And it is not a definite agreement, but the current agreement offers you more than 40% arbitrage upside. And the acquiring company uh, has market capitalization of about 200 million dollars and i expect them to be generating about 20 million dollars in cash every year going forward at the current gold price so i am uh, very happy about the underlying value of uh, the merged entity here as well so the two companies are east main the ticker is er the share price is 23 cents and Rivello resources is RVL and the share price is 21 cents.
0: Giant, you make money on arbitrage opportunities, whether we're, we are in a bull market or a bear market in the resource sector. And so that's something that I really appreciate. But I was thinking about you recently and saying to myself, you know, when all these stocks are going up 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600 percent in the last six months, do you kind of move away from the 20 percent, 30 percent arbitrage gain and try to pursue Higher gains in just investing and in buying and holding some of these juniors? Oh, oh I do.
1: Absolutely do. I uh, So, recently I invested in uh, uh, Exoro Resources, an Aussie company that was offering me about 20 to 25% arbitrage upside. Uh, and it merged with Perseus Mining. Now, I did a valuation of Perseus Mining, and I think the Perseus Mining offers me another 50% upside or so. So, I'm going to hold on to my shares. Uh, Uh, arbitrage is uh, a part of my portfolio maybe it uh, uses up uh, 20-25 percent of my net worth but i am a stable investor in a lot of companies and many of these arbitrage opportunities uh, stay with me i keep my money invested in many of these companies
0: if i recall from what you've shared in the past if you get 20 enough 20 percent wins throughout a year I believe you told me your goal was to have about 100% gains on the part of, annually on the part of your portfolio that plays the arbitrages. Is that still correct? Yes,
1: it is correct, uh, Bill. And the funny thing is
0: that even
1: when you play that arbitrage in billion-dollar companies in the U.S., which I actually do, uh, with some of the cash, when I'm sitting on a big chunk of cash, I might want to just buy uh, – uh, Some big, uh, very liquid company trading in the US uh, that is being acquired for cash. Uh, And yes, you can make a good amount of money, and uh, often you can make easily uh, 10 to 30 percent in two or three months. On a rolling basis, yes, you can make as much as 50 to 100 percent in. Uh, in arbitrage opportunities. And I'm so amused that the market does not pay attention to these opportunities because the market is sometimes too greedy and they want a 10-bagger all the time Or they can't do simple math. I don't really understand it, but I have been doing it for the last 15 years, and I have made a living out of it.
0: No, that's very inspirational. In fact, our first interview a few years ago was on that. So if you're not familiar with what we're talking about and how to go about finding and capitalizing on arbitrage opportunities in the resource sector, I'm going to put a link to my initial interview with Giant several years ago in, in which he lays out his approach to doing this. Well, Giant, before you go, I'd like to ask you one more question about Irving Resources. This is an Explorer developer in Japan. And I spoke to the CEO of Japan Gold Corp. uh, via the virtual Beaver Creek Conference. So as I was seeing their projects all throughout uh, Japan and the land package that they have, the partnership with Barrick and Newmont, and seeing the size of what they have compared to the LAMP package and what Irving is doing, I then looked at their market caps. Japan Gold was a 60 million Canadian market cap, but Irving's was three times that with a much smaller position. So I asked myself, is this just the the premium because Quentin Henning is associated with this uh, company. W- what can you help me out with? What is with the discrepancy between the two valuations?
1: So firstly, uh, from whatever I heard from other people, uh, Japan Gold does have good projects, uh, but I'm not invested in Japan Gold. I have paid. I, I Irving Resources is probably the second or third biggest part of my portfolio. And the reason... Uh, is that Akiko Levinson, who is the CEO and president of the company, is a Japanese. She knows how to navigate uh, Japan, and she has done an extraordinarily good job of uh, finding good projects. Uh, And I don't worry so much about the sizes of the projects, but the kind of valuation, the geology of those projects. Uh, the Omu Mine Project, the Omu Center project, and Hukuri project, which is within one package, uh, have given them extremely good value uh, values. Uh, and then they have recently acquired a project only about eight kilometers, if I'm not incorrect, from Hishikari Mine. Now Hishikari Mine has been probably the highest-grade gold mine in the world. So they have very good uh, land packages, despite being small. And that does not mean I have anything against Japan Gold, because Japan Gold, everyone has told me, has good projects. Uh, But I feel more confident about Akiko Levinson, because she's Japanese. I know she is very honest and very hardworking. Look at the salary she makes uh, in the management information report. She's probably the least paid CEO uh, in the Canadian Venture Exchange. Uh, and yes, uh, there is a Quinton Henney aspect to the shape, to the valuation of the company. Uh, and uh, But that said, Quintin has actually done a very good job for the company. He found what is uh, the Sinter project, uh, and the Sinter project has actually given them some good grades. Uh, and uh, many geologists are very optimistic about that area. So Quintin has indeed uh, added a huge amount of value to the company. Uh, recently, the share price has fallen For no good reason, except that some of the insiders had to sell their shares, but uh, the Canadian regulations require them to pay their taxes the moment they exercise their options. So they, you have to sell your shares to uh, create cash to pay the taxes and to exercise your options and warrants. So people can see that transaction. Uh, I, they are among the biggest. shareholder in the company. So I feel very good about Irving Resources, but at some point of time, I should also look at Japan Gold.
0: And Giant, before you go, you run a a seminar called Capitalism and Morality, and uh, apparently you had to postpone that, but you're going to be doing one next year, if you could just update us on that? Yes, the next uh, seminar will be in the third or fourth week of July
1: 2021. The details are on my website. Uh, and this is a, this is my baby bill i have been doing it for the last 11 or 12 years uh, and uh, i want to tell people in the western world uh, how precious western civilization is the amalgamation of christianity with uh, the culture and the mindset and the freedom of speech and the f- so many liberal values that the Western society has had, uh, the honor of these, this society. And I want them to be aware of it, that this does not exist in nature. It took the West a very long time to create this amalgamation and create the only civilization I have known. Uh, and I want to, I've been running this seminar and uh, next year it will be again in Vancouver, canada
0: to learn more about giant and get his latest musings on politics culture economics investing in the junior mining sector head on over to giantbindari.com and again the link is in the show notes giant thanks for coming on today's show and sharing your insights thank you very much for the opportunity bell the mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth you know a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or a hundred thousand dollars and it might discover something worth a couple billion there is no sector that i know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility certainly not the certainty but the possibility of 10 for one returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks Concommit